What is up, everybody? It's your boy Tom, back in the podcast chair. Welcome to Sounds of the Future. I have been super slack the last few weeks. I have missed three weeks in a row of podcast. I'm really, really sorry about that. Uh, I'm a one-man show trying to juggle a lot of plates at the same time, and I simply dropped the ball on this. So for that, I apologize. I promise you I will try to do better. That's my goal. I definitely want to stay more consistent with this because it's a format that I care about and that I am passionate about. Uh, Today, I want to talk about how uh, how we're going to be making music in the future. Everything is pretty future-based on this show, as uh, as I say a lot. But specifically, I want to talk about internet-based DAWs, internet-based digital audio workstations, and what that workflow looks like. So let's dive into it. So for anybody who's out there making music, uh, who is producing sounds, if you will, putting things on the internets to showcase your creativities. Uh, you know what a DAW is, a digital audio workstation, or DAW for short. I'm just going to refer to it as DAW from here on out because I really don't want to say digital audio workstation every single time I refer to it. So for all intents and purposes, DAW. So a DAW is Logic Pro, Pro Tools, uh, Ableton Live, FL Studio, Reason, Sonar, the list goes on. Reaper, it's another one. There's a, I mean, there are a ton of them out there. Uh, The big ones, I think, that compete for the biggest market share uh, for the longest time has well the big the big uh, dog in the room has been Pro Tools. It's uh, it's pretty pretty much a standard in every kind of major recording studio you're going to run into. They're more likely than not going to be running Pro Tools. I think a second one that has had a pretty big market share for a long time also is Logic Pro, which is an Apple product, but. A couple others have come along in recent years that have taken a pretty big market share as well. One is Ableton Live, which has a very specific user base. It's very heavy in electronic music and DJing. Uh, Bands use it to run tracks, backing tracks live a lot of the time. That's been the, the main purpose that I've used it for over the years as a drummer. I've run a lot of tracks on Ableton Live. It is flawless. It does it effortlessly. It's a, it is a hell of a piece of software for that. But I've also used it for creating, and it is robust for that as well. It's a killer, killer piece of gear. Um, and then a, another one that I'm not really familiar with is FL Studio. Now, as I understand it, FL Studio is a pretty heavy hitter in the hip-hop world because of the MIDI features and the sound library. Again, I haven't used it, but uh, based on what I've seen of it, it appears to have a similar flavor to Logic Pro uh, in look, design, and function. And I can say as a Logic Pro user that the MIDI uh, functionality in that piece of software is incredible. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's second to none. But again, I haven't used FL Studio. And while Ableton Live is killer for MIDI as well, it is simply, it's just a different workflow altogether. It's not, it's kind of like comparing apples and oranges. Ableton Live is a DAW, 
just as logic is a DAW, but they are two completely different approaches to the same or to the similar to a similar end result. So anyway, there are a lot of options out there. My main bullet point, my main bullet point of the conversation would be that there are a lot of options out there for DAWs. And there are a lot of people out there like myself who use more than one. But in the most recent years, I've said in recent years a lot now, (laughs) in the most recent of years, a new trend has popped up, which is cloud-based recording. Now, I don't remember when this was. It's I always think things are like, oh, this is like a couple years ago, but it's probably been like seven years ago, <laughs> maybe that that Pro Tools, Pro Tools, Pro Tools rolled out a feature that would allow you to collaborate remotely with someone else through the same save file. They did it through their own backup system that was their own like proprietary Avid thing. Avid owns Pro Tools. And I think the way that it worked is like I would work on a song here and record and then I would save it. And then that save file, the whole thing would back up to the cloud as I think if I paid for the storage fee um, package thing, whatever thing you do, my hickey. And uh, then like my buddy, we'll call him Douglas Fresh, (laughs) could work on this track as well with the same save file. And then when he would save it, it would back up to the cloud as well. And we would both have access in real time to the same things that we're working on. Kind of like a recording version of Google docs. Like if you're, if you've ever used Google docs and you're in like a spreadsheet, say, uh, and you have two people in there, there's like a highlighted thing where there's one person working on, you know, this, row and then you're on this other row and you can see them type stuff in. And I think it was very much like that in many ways. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if that's not where they took the inspiration from for that product. Um, so that was like an early precursor to sort of the thing that's really started to happen now, which is actual cloud-based DOS, not a DAW on your computer that syncs a file to the cloud. Like literally the software is lives on a server somewhere and you run it through the internet. Just like you stream your movies from Netflix and don't store anything on your device, that's what this is. You literally store nothing on your device. And I think that's... Super, super cool. Now, there are a few that I am aware of, a few of which I am aware, excuse me. Uh, There's one called BandLab. There's one called SoundTrap and another one called Melocity, M-E-L-O-S-I-T-Y. These are just the three that I know of that I've sort of like peeked into and like poked through their websites and read about and whatnot. And they all look super, super dope. The thing that appeals to me about this idea is the fact, well, first of all, the uh, the non-local collaboration, I think, is killer. The opportunity for that is awesome. As a remote session drummer, that 
speaks to my heart. I mean, I a, a very large cornerstone of my career is playing on remote tracks for people on every continent except for Antarctica because nobody lives there. Or if you don't live in America, that's not even a continent to you. So my B. <laughs> um, but uh, like I, I live for remote session work. I live for remote creativity. I have thought for a long, even before I was able to really parlay this into like a money-making venture, I have long thought that the uh, magic was in not being bound by your neighborhood when it comes to making music with other people. I think that the, all right. So the analogy that I use about like session work in Nashville, where I live is that you have like 50,000 people fighting over the same dead tomato plant. Whereas there is an entire garden out there in the world of fertile soil, meaning Everybody in Nashville wants to play on big records. Sounds great. Yeah, everybody wants to get paid uh, big money to play on big songs that they're going to hear on the radio. Go team. But when everybody's competing for those slots, it's time to get innovative. That's my thinking. I mean, that's how that's how great products, businesses, companies come about is by thinking outside of the box, by being entrepreneurial. And so I have long thought that if you could tap into, if one could tap into the the globe as an uh, option for collaboration, then you're you've you really you've hit pay dirt, and that's what's happening now. Like I use, there's a website called Sound Better that I have met a ton of people through and done a lot of work through, which is awesome. It's not a, a cloud based DAW; it's just a uh, a connect a connection point basically. Um, it is a, a kind of a basically a gig finder site like Fiverr or whatever else is out there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the names of all of them, but the the ethos is the same as these online cloud-based DAWs, which is let's make recording with anybody anywhere accessible. Now, the thing that uh, the second thing that appeals to me about these outside of that is the fact that I can have the same session on any device, that is rad. I cannot tell you how frustrating it can be for me to, like when I'm on the road, especially like on a fly date playing with Tonic, I only take my phone and my iPad. I don't take my laptop because why? I also, I took it last summer on bus runs, but that was before I had an iPad. Well, I had a really, really old iPad that wouldn't, like it would, wouldn't even turn on half the time. I could read things that were on it, but I couldn't like get anything else on it. It was super old. Anyway, so I didn't take an iPad. I had my, my laptop and my phone because I was gone for like two weeks at a time and I needed to do my job. Um, so, but, but this summer... I have no intention of taking my laptop anywhere. In fact, I I only intend to take my iPad and my phone. Now, the problem with that for me is that the majority of the work I do is on my computer because I use Logic Pro. And all of my Logic profiles are stored either on my local hard drive or on another hard drive that connects doesn't even matter because the the software is only on my computer. 
Apple still hasn't made Logic Pro for iOS. I do not understand it, but they haven't. I think it's ridiculous. Yes, me too. Um, I just sounded like I was like a double personality there. I think it's ridiculous. Me too. And that's how we interview on this show. <laughs> uh, so that's a problem for me. I can't work on any device with the same session except for on my computer. Now, there are killer DAWs that are made for the iPad Pro, like Beatmaker and um, Aria. Like They're awesome, but I'm not going to go spend 50 bucks on a new DAW when I already have a great DAW on my home computer that is perfectly usable. Why would I bother with that? Like, why, why would I spend the extra money when I already have the tools at my disposal? Enter the cloud-based DAW. This is a realistic option for me because some of them are free, 100%. Now, some of them also require a monthly fee. And this is the thing that has kept me from actually getting into the cloud-based DAW. It is the fact that I have to, again, I have to spend any extra money to have what ostensibly I already have in many ways, right? So right now I'm at home most of the time. And when I'm on a fly date, I can take the 24 hours, 48 hours away from my job here and then do it when I get back. But when I'm gone for two weeks, that becomes a problem. Also, it's not just about serving clients. It's also creating. For me, I want to be able to create. Like, I I can't tell you how many times I've started a song on the bus or on a plane and then brought it back here on my laptop and finished it at home. But as I'm not going to be taking my laptop, that becomes an issue. So the ones that I think um, show... Well, the one that I think shows a hefty amount of promise is Soundtrap because of the fact that it has an actual local app for your phone. And as I understand it, I actually believe that BandLab does as well. Um, Melocity, let me see. Actually, I'll just go to their website and see if they do too, if they have an app does not appear that they do. So that's kind of a a red flag for them at this point. But Melocity and Soundtrap both have local apps, which means you can, as far as I understand it, again, work on your phone and then it will sync to the cloud when you have a connection. That's awesome. Now, enter enter the problem. All that's kind of just like my own personal things. Enter the problem. Most people in our business, most people in the world, not even music, are really not super interested in learning a new system when the one that they have already works. The biggest name of the game for high performance is is efficiency at one's craft, right? I've said this before, I'm going to say it a thousand times, efficiency is the big ticket. Now, not efficiency at the expense of quality, efficient, high quality. It's, it's not enough, like, it, it is enough to be able to produce one exceptional thing. If you painted the Mona Lisa and that was it, like, if, if Da Vinci painted the Mona Lisa and that was it, 
go him. He lives forever. But he did a hell of a lot more than that because he became efficient at high quality. He was able to churn out more than one lifetime generational body of work because he was great. And that's what everyone is after. That's what I'm after. I'll speak to me. That's what I'm after. I want to be able to create massively successful music, but not just one time. I want to be able to do it consistently on a regular basis. Take Ryan Tedder, for example. He has had hit after hit after hit. And the way that he does that is he is constantly working at it efficiently and effectively. He doesn't just like write one, sit lazy for a while, and then pick up the guitar, write one more song, and that one goes number one. No, that dude churns out song after song after song, and he just takes more shots at the net than most everybody. That's how he wins. And I, and the way that he's able to do that, I'm just guessing here, but I'm willing to bet, is that he doesn't fuss about with learning a, a, like new ways to do the very core tenets of his craft. Like he is not learning which keyboard shortcut and this new DAW he uses to hit record or to copy and paste or to skip to the next bar. All those little bitty things that you start to take for granted when you've gotten really good at your software, your thing, you have to relearn all those things when you start a new start using a new system, which is what these cloud-based DAWs are. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to invest with them. I'm not not saying I'm not going to mess with them and give them a shot. I'm going to. I haven't yet, which means this episode is probably a little bit premature, but whatever. Uh, But what I am saying is that there isn't pressure for me to do it. It's simply curiosity that leads me to it at this point. There is no pressure to do that. Logic's not antiquated. It hasn't stopped working. I just like, I think that's the thing that's keeping this new technology from really taking off. I wouldn't be surprised as, as if in the next two to three years, you didn't see one of these cloud-based DAWs emerging as the clear Victor, or at least the best of the rest. I think that Pro Tools, maybe Logic, maybe FL Studio are continue. They'll they'll always they'll continue to have a market. Let's just put it that way. They're not going to go away overnight. But I think with the younger generation, these cloud-based DAWs are going to really take over because anybody who's getting into it for the first time is not at a disadvantage of having to unlearn an old piece of software. They just pick up and go right, so they can start anywhere. And with the introduction of 5G coming along, as fast as that is, like right now, internet is still pretty crap in some places. Let's just be honest. Like somebody in Podunk Nowhereville, USA, is probably not going to spend time on their like dial-up network trying to access uh, an online DAW. But when 5G comes along and everybody's phone is tapped in, like you, when you start getting upwards to a gigabit a second at home like this stuff becomes really usable. There is no lag time. There is no downtime. It's effective. It's worth it. So I intend to hop into one of these DAWs, preferably the one that does not cost a monthly fee, because again, it makes no sense for me to pay a subscription fee for anything when I already have a perfectly great piece of software at home that I use on a daily basis. 
but I am going to test. I'm going to taste. I'm going to try. I'll let you guys know what I come up with. I'll let you know how it goes. There is a suite of plugins, um, especially the slate, specifically the slate, everything bundle that I use very heavily to craft my sound. So I want to make sure that that is usable in there. If it's not, that could be a problem or maybe it's simply something that I have to relearn something else. I don't know. We'll see, but I'm going to taste, I'm going to test and I'll hit you guys with feedback when I, when I come up with whatever it is I come up with. But all of that to say this episode, again, the main bullet point, if I can, is I think this is the future. I think cloud-based recording is the future. It is a easy, undeniable, like process. It is a complete removal of any sort of barrier between me and a kid in India making something together at the drop of a hat. There's no uploading files. There's nothing. It's literally, I record here, he records there, boom, done. So I think it's the future. I think it's the next move. I'm going to try it. I encourage you to try it too. If you think I'm right, let me know on Twitter. If you think I'm wrong, let me know on Twitter at Tom Dupree the third. Thanks for listening. I will hit you back with a new episode next week. Two in a row. Count on it. Peace. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Sounds of the Future. Hey, if you like this episode, hit me up on Twitter at Tom Dupree the third. That's at T-O-M-D-U-P-R-E-E-I-I-I. Shoot me a tweet and let me know what you thought. Thanks.